Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to Wide Men Can't Jump. It's episode 96, and we're talking about Ohio and Michigan, a huge rivalry in college football. But this week, we're talking about it in the NBA. It's our 96th episode. I'm joined, as always, by the one and only, the man from the Great White North, Tim Dombrova, is back on the program. Good evening, sir. Let's get right to it. I see we're ready and Absolutely. Let's get right to it. Joining us right now, we're kicking off the show with a bang. We usually never do this. We're not even going to play the intro. We're going right into the stuff. Joining us right now is the host of the Cleveland Surge podcast and a writer for Browns Access, if you're a football fan, from a contributor for Unwrapped Sports, Grant Puskar. Grant, thanks for joining us. Yeah, man. Happy to be here and happy to thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Not a problem. Happy you could be on. Quick question before we get into Cleveland. Do you have any relation to Mylon Puskar? I am not. I am not. Well, you were almost cool, Grant. Almost. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Mylon Puskar is uh, the name of the stadium that West, the West Virginia Mountaineers play in, and is a native West Virginian. That would have been really cool. But uh, Grant, okay, you're here gotcha. to talk. You're here to talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I understand that. The Cavs, let's look at their draft real quick. The Cavs went out and they get Darius Geis, who a lot of people considered to be the best guard in the draft. A lot of people were kind of confused by the pick. They thought, why would they go with Geis here instead of maybe going with a three? There was some talk about maybe Jared Culver. Uh, A lot of talk about Geis there. Why go, or not Geis, excuse me. I'm thinking football. Darius Garland. Garland, excuse me, excuse me at home, Darius Garland, uh, Darius Geis running back for the Redskins. I'm sorry, I've been checking my fantasy football league. Darius Garland, why do they go Garland, who was a guard, um, who's like a point guard, even with Colin Sexton? Why do you think they go with Garland there? Oh, um, yeah, so definitely. So, drafted Darius Garland, I was, I agree with you, um, I was very shocked by this pick. Um, I was watching the draft live, and like you said, Jarrett Culver was a very top prospect listed on that Cavs draft board. Um and once they drafted Garland, I kind of did some research, kind of was, I was puzzled by it. Like I said, I wanted to know why they did it, what their reasoning was behind it. Um, and the big thing that I found is I've seen a lot of um, CJ and Dame comparisons. And um, the Cavs must have, must have thought that uh, Garland and Colin Sexton can eventually develop into that CJ and Dame 2.0 type chemistry and have that chemistry there. Um, it'll be a, a deadly backcourt um, that can shoot. Um, as well as they both bring the energy and they can defend. I mean, last year we saw Colin Sexton. Um, he, he kind of had a slow start to the season. And then once Kevin Love came back, he really, uh, he really blemished in that offense, and especially on defense as well. So really for me, the big thing is that C.J. and Dame 2.0 comparison. And I understand that's a big – those are big shoes to fill. Um, but I, down the road, I definitely could see them getting um, up to somewhere close to that level of play. Yeah, and uh, John Beeline, who's the new coach, by the way, I know everyone's uh... – looking at that and he likes to run two point guards or at least two guys that can handle the ball. He's got that now with Garland and with Sexton. Uh, how do you think John Beeline's approach being he's, you know, he was a Michigan guy and we're kind of focusing on that area for this episode of our podcast. He coached at Michigan, coached at West Virginia, a lot big into the three point shot. How do you think his style fits in with what the Cavs are looking to do with this roster in the NBA this year? 
Um, yeah, definitely. I love the hire. Uh, he's a great. He was a great coach. Uh, he was a great coach at Michigan. Obviously, from being in Ohio, I'm not a crazy Ohio State fan, but and that also means I don't like Michigan, nor do I hate them too much. Well, but um, I definitely think. But you not being an Ohio State fan, you are. You're now cool again. So go ahead, Grant. Go with yourself. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just I, – I, that's a whole other topic. But, um, anyways, like you said, um, he, he loves the two-guard uh, scheme, and that's that's definitely the reason that they drafted Garland. But also, moving on from that, uh, guys like we – we still have Brandon Knight, who we signed. Um, and then Jordan Clarkson, um, he was in the running for sixth man of the year last year. I definitely think that he will be able to draw up some uh, different schemes for Jordan Clarkson um, to develop him that offense because, I mean, last year he had a great season. Um, he, he was at a point where he was almost scoring in double digits every game. I know he averaged way above that. Um, he had some rough. He had some rough games, but like I said, he was in the top for six minutes of the year. So I definitely think, um, outside of those two, um, he, he's definitely going to be able to use guys like Brandon Knight and Jordan Clarkson, even Delhi. I mean, we've seen what Delhi can do. Um, he was he was locking up Curry in the finals a couple years back. So I definitely think he'll be able to use um, those guards that we currently have on our roster. Tim, go ahead. If you got any questions, you can go ahead and throw one at Grant. Yeah, yeah I got a couple. Um, let's talk uh, Kevin Love who I guess he's going into, what, year one of his uh, new four-year extension. Uh, are they going to move him? Are they going to keep him? Uh, time to cash him in for what they can get for him? Um, yeah, so there's been a lot of talks around the Kevin Love's trade. Uh, Kevin Love trade, excuse me. And personally, I definitely think um, that he will be moved this season, um, definitely by the deadline, obviously, just because he's a great player. Um, we know that we are in rebuild mode right now. Um, and we won that championship, obviously, in 2016. And after that, LeBron, um, once LeBron left, we fully – we were in tank and rebuild mode. And then, obviously, as we know, we ended up – we talked about it getting Garland because we didn't win the lottery. Um, but I definitely think he will be moved at some point in this season. Uh, just got to get young core, draft picks, um, and keep improving this young core because, honestly, this young core, um, outside of Larry Nance, who I love, um, it looks pretty promising. I mean, we got some guys, obviously, with Garland, like we talked about. Uh, Dylan Windler is another guy that I love. I wasn't huge on him, um, but then I looked him up, some highlights, some stats. Um, and he's a very uh, valuable three-point shooter um, from beyond the arc, so I definitely think we have a solid young core, but I definitely do think we will move him at some point in the season. Okay. Um, going to something a little bit off the well, – not off the beaten path, but not really about players. Um, when the schedule came out, uh, the league took a giant – crap on Cleveland. They're on national television once during the season. Now, granted, 19 wins maybe does that for you. Uh, how is that for somebody who's a fan and for the fan base when you it's going to be difficult for a lot of people if you don't really live in the in the Cleveland area to watch the Cavs? Yeah, definitely. I'm glad you brought that up. It's pretty disappointing. Um, one national televised game all year long. Um, but like you said, night with 19 wins, you can't really expect more. Um, I'll, with that being said, I do think we will surprise a lot of people this year. I don't think we'll be in the playoffs. Um, although the East is somewhat weak, I still don't think we'll be anywhere near the playoffs. Um, I'm, I'm going with uh, anywhere from 25 to 35 wins. That's my prediction. But um, it does suck. I live right in the heart of downtown Cleveland, so at least I'll be going to the games. I always joke with my friends all the time and say, like, they'll be paying us to go to the games because there's no way they'll ever sell out. But <laughs> Well, I'll tell well, you least... what, if, if, if you got an extra ticket, hit me up sometimes. I'm only like a four- or five-hour trip from Cleveland. I always like going to games. At um, least you got Baker Mayfield. Me. You got something. Cool. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, I also, I'm, I'm a season ticket holder, first year season ticket holder for the Browns. And uh, 
Baker did not look so sharp this this Sunday against the Titans. No, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't say it as a smartass. I I meant yeah, that's one no, game. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one game right. with a whole pile of penalties. I mean, this isn't a football show, but I mean, something to look forward to there. The whole city's not gonna gonna die if the Cavs are horrible. But I, you're right. probably right. I, I think I'm going to agree with you. I don't think they're. I don't think they're 19 wins bad. I think they'll do a little better than that. Um, and they're like you said, they're in full rebuild mode. So what do you want? Definitely. Yeah, twenty four and a half wins is the starting. Uh, the over under. Some people are saying twenty three and a half. Um, you're taking the over. Clearly, you went on that. One thing I'm looking at here, they didn't really get a lot of free agents coming in this year. They lost Channing Fry. They just stuck with the draft, and they got three pretty good picks: Garland, Windler, Kevin Porter Jr., who I think can all eventually will contribute to this team. Um, if they don't move Kevin Love, and and when they do, I'm sure the, the contracts will be expiring. Apparently, uh, from what I'm reading, they'll have a lot of room next year, like $55 million in cap space for the upcoming season, uh, which is crazy to me. That's a lot of money for the Cavs. And looking at them this year, you know, we, we're calling it a rebuild, and that's and that's great, but – um, they're going to have some some players you're going to want to see. Uh, what do you expect out of Colin Sexton this year in terms of what he can bring for the Cavs? Is this basically his team now? Um, I definitely do think that it's uh, Colin Sexton's uh, team. I'm glad you brought that up. He's a, he's a, he's a great leader. Um, we saw him. My favorite highlight ever of Colin Sexton was that Alabama game where um, their whole bench and everyone got uh, thrown out of the game. And it was five on three, and he dropped like 20. 30 points, and all, they almost won. Um, but I definitely do think it's Colin Sexton's team. He's going to lead this team, especially once Kevin Love is out. Because, um, I mean, outside of him, uh, we don't know how Garland's going to end up playing, or like you mentioned, Kevin Porter Jr. Larry Nance is another vocal guy on the team that you could see as a leader. But um, Colin Sexton is the future um, of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And at the point guard position, um, it's one of the main positions in the league, obviously. So I definitely do see him as the leader and the focal point of this team. Well, I'll look at it this way. It, depending on what the Cavs can do, they're projected to be the second, in terms of wins, the second worst team in the league. Who who do you think they go after free agency-wise? Because there's going to be a lot of guys um, that are going to be available. Who do they go after? Who, who tries to make a splash in Cleveland? Is it becoming more of a destination city? Do people want to come play in Cleveland now that they have that title on their resume? What do you think about that? Um, yeah, for sure. So this is – I definitely do think that this year, um, well, like you said, we have the second uh, – we're projected to have the second least amount of wins this season. I definitely do think that the guys on the roster this year have to play with that uh, that passion, knowing that if they do get rid of Kevin Love, um, like you said, all that cap space will have 50, 55 million, whatever it is. Um, it's going to be a proven year because if Kevin uh, – excuse me, if Colin Sexton can have a big year – uh, big free agents in the NBA will see that and may want to come play with him. Um, now, I, do, I don't have any players in mind that we would go after, but I do know personally I cannot stand Tristan Thompson. I've been over him for a long time, and it would be great <laughs> to get, it would, <laughs> it would be great to get um, a big man to come, come to Cleveland if Colin Sexton can play well and all the other guys can play well. Because if I'm a big player in the NBA um, and I'm going to be a free agent and I see guys like Sexton, Kevin Porter Jr., Dylan Windler, uh, playing playing well and um, performing at a high level, then definitely that's a destination I would want to end up in because they're young and they have, they would have a bright future. 
I think the Cavs are going to be. I don't know about this season. They're they're going to be a low win total. Um, that's that's something we can all agree on. But still, it's always fun to me to watch those young players who develop, especially in the bad years when you don't see them. I think it's more fun to watch because they kind of know that there's not a lot of eyes on them in terms of the national spotlight. So they play a little bit differently. They play, it, it almost feels like a juiced up college game sometimes and they're fun to watch. Um, I'm really looking forward to what Garland and Sexton can do together and, and we'll see how that works out. And John Beeline, uh, I have some memories of him, uh, some good, some not so good, uh, as a West Virginia coach took him, took him to an elite eight, but, uh, yeah, maybe he maybe his style is finally ready for the NBA. Uh, we'll see how that style works out um, as we move along and move forward into the season. But Grant, I appreciate you. I know you're a busy guy and you don't have a lot of time to talk with us. Uh, you got some stuff you got to get to, and I do appreciate you making the time to join us here on Wide Men Can't Jump and uh, let our listeners yeah. know where they can keep up with you and follow you and find your work and uh, everything that you do about the city of Cleveland. Definitely, man. Um, I, I love your guys' work, too. I actually um, I didn't really know too much about you guys until you shot me that DM, and then I listened to a couple of things, and I really am impressed with the work that you guys are doing. Um, yeah, my name is Grant Pushkar, host of the Cleveland Service Podcast. You can find it on Anchor, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google, all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm 18 years old, going to Cleveland State University um, for journalism. I'm just, my end goal is to be a beat reporter or a broadcaster or anything like that, beat writer for one of the three teams uh, in terms of the Cavs, Indians, or Browns. But you can follow me on Twitter um, at – Grant Pushcart underscore Klee. Um, that's really where I network all my stuff is on Twitter. I don't use Instagram too much. So if you guys want to check me out, follow me on Twitter there. And then my podcast is on the three platforms wait, 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 as wait. well. You're 18. I am. I am. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm so old. Oh, <laughs> you're so old. I feel like yeah, a really? grandpa now, man. Wow. Wow. 18 year old and that kind of an in-depth analysis. I got one quick question, though. I don't know if you got an answer for it, but has there been any word on Dan Gilbert? Um, there, there has not. Um, I, I, I've, I've seen stuff. Um, these, these are just jokes, but, um, for him to buy the Cleveland Indians because we're not going to pay Frankie and everyone in Cleveland is dying for the Indians to do something to pay Frankie. But other than that, I have not heard much on him. Okay. I just wondered because a lot of it had been going around that maybe that had something to do with their not really picking anybody up because there's, you know, are you going to spend this guy's money? Is he capable of approving anything, et cetera, et cetera. I wasn't sure. Right. Yeah. So. I, I definitely like what he did with not uh, signing anyone this offseason because, uh, like you guys mentioned, once we do get rid of Kevin Love and the rookies, if they do step up, we can end up bringing someone big right. into Cleveland. There, you don't you don't need to be another New York Knicks where they signed ten guys, but there really wasn't any point signing any of them. It's just the same bunch <laughs> of dudes. So right, yeah, yeah. Well, ladies anyway, and gentlemen, we'll you, so. Grant Puskar, the youngest guest in white man can't jump yeah, history. But, yeah, but good <laughs> good stuff though. Good stuff. We'll have you back. Oh, there. absolutely. Age age means nothing in this game, nope. and you know your stuff, man. And we really do appreciate you coming on and uh, filling us in on all things Cleveland. Yeah, thank you guys. I really appreciate the kind words, especially because, like I said, I'm 18. It's it's hard for people to to get me to to get people to take me seriously, especially. Um, but I've just got the advice to start young, as this is the one I do with my career. And I would definitely love to have you guys on my show as well sometime too. All right, just uh, hit us up, hit us in the DM. I mean, I'm in the Cle- I'm in the I'm in the five hours away Cleveland area, but I you know I've been to Cleveland a, 
a handful of times. I know a little bit about some Cleveland. Uh, they're actually the my market team, so they black them out on a league pass. So I have to find that network, and I, uh, I get to hear the announcer deep in the queue. Ah, <laughs> Quicken Loans Arena. Uh, that's a nice. Definitely, by the yeah. way, if you've never been to Cleveland and you've never that's visited their uh, the Quicken Loans Arena, uh, they got uh, a casino right next it's door. Not the, and that's uh, bad. It's not the uh, it's not the Quicken Loans Arena anymore. Oh, well, yeah, whatever, I'm so yeah. sad about that. They changed it to the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. The queue just had some some ring to it, man. I the loved Rocket. it. Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. That just don't. Yeah, that does not sound cool. And I'm an old man, and that does not sound cool. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the deep in the queue, man. That was that was good stuff. Yeah, we need more yeah, shit no. like that. Somebody did not do yeah. that there. But, well, yeah. I tell you this. Car was that deep in the queue. Yeah, yeah. If you go visit, if you go visit the, the Cleveland area, I'll tell you two things you got to do. One is, uh, if you're in downtown, go when they're having a playoff game if you can, because they had the whole the Cleveland Street Fair or something like that. They had like a playoff celebration when I was there. I went up and saw them in the Pistons uh, in 2016 when they won the championship. It was a really cool experience to go out, and they had all the baskets set up, and they had the stage and the performances. They basically took up the entire block. They just had a huge party before the game. And then you go in and, uh, you know, so go up for that for sure. And check out the casino next door. Whew, oh, yeah. Man. All right, you that place money. Awesome. Well, Grant can't. When you, when you turn 21, Grant, go check it out. It's really cool. <laughs> Definitely. Man. Sounds good. Go check it out. Go put a dollar in the slot machine and uh, see, see what happens. And basically it's like, uh, it's like taxation. Pretty much, but uh, we appreciate you coming on the show, man. And we hope to have you back real soon. So go, go get your homework done, kid. Damn it. <laughs> well, we'll do, man. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. Have a good night, man. Yeah, man. We appreciate. You. Yep, you too. Wow, eighteen years old, man. Can you believe he knows all that at eighteen? Well, you know, it's a different generation, man. They're a lot Ooh. smarter than we. They're a lot smarter than we were. Uh, I won't speak for Absolutely. your generation, but but for mine, definitely a lot smarter. They don't have a choice. You're gonna live yeah. in today's world. You're gonna live in today's world, man. You got you got to be up on stuff. I mean, hell, I can barely program a VCR, man. <laughs> VCRs aren't really a thing anymore, dude. Yeah, well, that's that's my point. I barely learned how to use okay. my D, my DVD player. I, I barely learned how to use that, and then that went out too. By the time you get used to, by the time you get used to use get used to using it, it's uh, time for something new. It's like uh, I mean when I yeah. when when I was a kid, streaming was like you know you went down to the creek and oh, took your shoes walked walked through the water. That was streaming. Uh, I still remember my first cell phone, my BlackBerry. Yeah. Oh, that that was a good time for sure. Yeah. You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network. That's a 20-minute cold open, motherfuckers. Let's hit that intro. Deal. You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen T. New at newlawoffice.com. StripCamFun.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, located at Facebook.com, backslash Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, as well as at Stay Classy Meat at StayClassyMeats.com, where you can use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order and receive a free pound of Montana grass-fed 
Ground Beef. This show talks about NBA and covers all topics from all 30 teams in the league and includes guests from experts from all over the world. Make sure you're downloading us on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and more. Be sure to join in on the fun over at WideMenCan'tJump.com as well as on our Facebook group, Wide Men Can't Jump, and follow us on Twitter at Wide Jump. Now, let's go to the flagship program of this Wide Men Radio Network. Here's Wide Men Can't Jump. It's amazing how 20 minutes into the show, the intro plays like a fucking top, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I give up trying to figure that stuff out. I'll tell just you what. Rolling. Just rolling with it, baby. Yeah, we that's all you can do. That's all we're words. doing here tonight, man. That's we're having a good speed. time. But uh, I'll tell you what, we're one month away from the 100th show. Can you believe that? Yeah, one man. month away. Well, I actually, I can believe it. Well, okay. I'm glad you can. Uh, one thing I did want to bring up when we when we have our 100th episode, you know what we got to do, right? We got to get us some of this. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> a little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> a little bit of the bubbly. Yeah, the bubbly. Gotta love it. I was so drunk, I lost a belt. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, there's that litigating son of a bitch. Eh, well, that's another show for another time. But <laughs> anyway, see, we've got so many great things building here at Wide Men Can't Jump. Well, hey, well, uh, did, you t- did we talk about the breaking news? We haven't even talked about it off off air. Talked about the what? The breaking news. What's the breaking news? Well, that uh, America was uh, knocked out of the FIBA by France. Were they? I didn't. I honestly didn't even see that. Oh, it's eighty nine seventy nine. The Americans are. Oh done. my goodness! In the quarter, I was hoping to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, no, out in the court, out in the quarterfinals. Unbelievable. Well, no, they apparently they still play tomorrow. Well, they must be playing well, in some kind of consolation thing or something because apparently they it's qualified. Yeah, they ain't winning it. Uh, Rudy Gobert for France. Uh, yeah, let's look get, at that, shall we? Uh, yeah, for France, uh, Bear, 21 points, 16 rebounds. Evan Fournier from Orlando, 22 points. Nick Batum had six. Frank Nitticolina, the guy I shit on all the time, he had double digits, 11. Uh, but, uh, Nando Tolo had 18. So, uh, looks, man. Uh, on, the, on the American side, it sort of looks like the only guy who showed up was Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell 20, had 29, Kimba Walker had 20, 10, Marcus Not, 11. Yeah. After that, it was pretty slim pickings. Uh, Harrison Barnes played 31 minutes, almost 32 minutes, only had four points. Woo. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what happened there. Like, uh, apparently, if you, I've been told that if you go to the uh, FIBA website, mm-hmm. you, can wa- you can watch the game. They have a replay there that you can watch because I guess it's such a big – uh, yeah, well, you know, probably the biggest upset in FIBA basketball history, to be quite honest. It's pretty um, big. Uh, yeah, the consolation round: USA will play Serbia. They might um, lose that too. <laughs> the best the U.S. men's national team can do is compete in the consolation rounds for a chance at fifth place. Uh, wow. Wow. Okay, remember, remember a couple of weeks back when we were talking about worst national teams assembled? I think we yeah. got a new winner. Uh, you know, I didn't think they were on paper. They're not that bad. But no, they're like, not. But that, that 
France team, by the way, that France team's really good. There was legit four to five NBA players on that team. Well, but that's still as we, that's not excuse. You know, no excuse. As we talked about before, though, those guys have got a reason for playing. The American guys really don't. Yeah, and, you know, it is what it is, but, I mean – Congratulations to the French team. I mean, yeah, but without revisiting any of that, let's let, yeah, I mean, let's, yeah, that's depressing. I'm not even an American and it's kind of depressing. Let's, uh, let's I just mean, move on. That's the first thing the French have won since, like, what? Did they even win the Hundred Years' War? Jeez, when's the Franco, last time they won a war? Frank, something, something to do with Napoleon, yeah. Yeah, the Franco Prussian <laughs> War, maybe. Franco Prussian uh, War, maybe, yeah, but nothing. And I don't even know if they ultimately ended up winning that. Yeah, that's sure. true. Yeah, I mean, World War Two, they just kind of well, stepped aside. One, they didn't get any building yeah, tore up. One, they got <laughs> one. They were gone. Two, they were gone. I don't even want to talk about. Well, they don't want to talk about Vietnam. I'm sure. No, uh, not at all. Yeah, they got run they, in, and every every war in Africa that they ever were in, they got run out of the place. So they'll yeah, take them where they can get them. Well, I'll tell you what. I guess they get one. Everybody gets you know, one. In right? the in the <laughs> words of, uh, I can't even remember who, who the comic was. But somebody said, you know, why do the French have so many medals? They says, well, they need them because they never win anything. <laughs> Pretty good. But anyway, back to the hoops. If you want to win, there's only one man to call if you're in a dogfight. And that's Stephen P. New. The new law office is at newlawoffice.com. Let's take a listen to some Stephen P. New. Personal injury, product liability, workplace accident, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, and more. All this can be handled at New Law Office with Stephen P. New. It's New Law Office with Stephen P. New. You can get your free consultation today by calling 1-800-208-9169 or 304 362-7345 for your free consultation. A new level of personal service, whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. Be sure to contact Stephen P. New Law Office at newlawoffice.com or again, get your free consultation at 1-800-203-9169. Stephen P. New answers to your legal questions thanks again to new law offices newlawoffice.com now tim i know you said back to the hoops before go ahead go ahead yeah i got no i I wanted to say you know i'm pretty sure uh beethoven must have had like been able to see into the future because when he wrote that fifth he had to be thinking of stephen p new stephen p new stephen p new i mean it just fits so good I mean, it works, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, it works. Uh, But but you know what we're going to do? Before we get into more hoops, we talked about uh, last week, the upcoming fantasy football season. Let's take a look back at week one, shall we? In the Wide Men Can't Jump Fantasy Football League. Um, We're talking to you, Ed Boggess. I'm looking at you, Boggess. We'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, Your other half. Picked up a big win over your son. How did that sit up in Canada? <laughs> well, you know, the other half has been around long enough that the son knows when to watch his P's and Q's, and we'll just leave it at that. 
Absolutely. Um, he took he took his beating gracefully. Let's put it. No, that, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah uh, no, just, he took it like a man. Our <laughs> man Justin Bailey took on Joe Pisapia, professional Joe Pisapia, and uh, surprisingly, Pisapia went down. As, Joe uh, was senor, uh, uh, Joe Joe Bailey was in was, there. He was hanging in there till uh, till Sunday, and, and then he Sunday night, and uh, then he then he then he went down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's work on back. Then, don't don't rule him out. No, of course not. Nick Hoff with a huge victory over Rob Evans there in that the game. Hoff, Hoff, the Hoff he's, got, he's, got my, he's got my home. That's not even fair. Yeah, he gets 100 <laughs> points from his quarterback. Yeah, for real. <laughs> uh, we've got Armando Martinez picking up a huge win over myself. Not only that, but then his 49ers beat my Bucks. My God, what a shit weekend it was for Nate. Uh, Mountaineers got destroyed. <laughs> all we needed was the Timberwolves to lose, and then we'd have had all our bases well, covered. You're uh, right. That's coming. <laughs> oh, you're telling me it's coming. That's a month yeah, away. Armando Martinez went 231 to two, to 169 over me. And now the matchup, there was a lot of shit talk behind this one. Diet Coke, not Diet Coke. Love, hate, Ric Flair, not Ric Flair. Tim Dombrova, oh, Ed Boggett. I, I got it. I got to tell Ed Boggess right now on the air that uh, a little known fact that uh, when you lose a fantasy football match, you are legally obligated to uh, switch your uh, character icon to Becky Lynch. <laughs> Ed Boggess is uh, that's, that's uh, a real picture player, by the way. To the real, to the real man, not some aging old Alzheimer's yeah, really grandpa <laughs> the dude. <laughs> Easy. Uh, that guy's lost it. Ric Flair used to be cool, but it's time for Ric Flair to. He still to... is. Still no, is. he is. No, uh, he is not. Your, he has... your opinion is valid. He he has old man face like Bill Burr. Who cares? <laughs> He's horrible. I can't stand him anymore. He's full of himself. 274 to 232. The Alberta well, you know, Ed was in it to, he, he was in it till the end, but my... Uh, uh, his quarterback let him down a little bit. He didn't. Uh, Baker did, and then McCaffrey had a nice game for you. So yeah, yeah. So, there. but it was it was all good. And this week, uh, I believe, who have I got this week? Well, Among we'll them? get there. Uh, let's look at the man that scored the least amount of points in the league this week. Me, my team, Nate Bottom Dwelling Bush. You know what that means? I get one of these. Hello. Hanging fruit, my friend. Low hanging fruit. Well, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> All right, let's look at week two. <laughs> Just don't oh, open your man. face to a woman. Uh, let's look at week two. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up in week two, Owen one me takes on Owen one Team Evans as we face off in a a matchup of projected totals. Our projected totals are point three points apart. Three tenths of a point separating us. Oh, somebody needs to go have a look at who's available or uh, make a move on the waiver wire, baby. We'll take a look. Uh, coming up, Team Joe Pisapia will take on Team Hoff. Zero and one Pisapia against one and zero Hoff. That's gonna be a battle. Uh, Ed Bogus and the good old boys of West Virginia take on the Vancouver Orcas, who's Tim's oh. better half. Ed, what's it going to be like after you get beat by both of us back-to-back weeks, baby? 
<laughs> Boy, a lot of <laughs> shit talking. Uh, team Might Bailey. Well takes on, team Bailey takes on Team Matt Dombrova as Tim's son takes on my buddy Justin Bailey. Uh, that should be a close one. Projected point yeah, well, matchups winning yeah, by four. Well, check, check Matt's lineup. He didn't, uh, for some unknown reason, he didn't play Tom Brady. I, I don't know why, but he didn't. If he'd have played Brady, he it's probably like, would have won. And if he liked the matchup uh, with Winston, that was a dumb idea. But, yeah, uh, that wasn't too bright. But. Looking yeah. here at the matchup you're in, it is Tim Dombrova, 1-0, and taking on Armando Martinez. Uh, well, you know, a if I have one to, if I if I have to lose to someone, I will stomach losing to the great Armando Martinez, well, the world's greatest, the world's greatest him, soccer player. But yes, you're projected to win by 13, but those are just projections, ladies and gentlemen. You never know. Yeah, they they weren't even the, the, a they weren't even close in week one, and I also think they're based on the single point format, which we have. Our league has been adjusted slightly, so yes, they're probably always wrong. Yeah, but yeah, enough football. Enough football. That's the Wide Men Weekly Update on the fantasy football. We'll talk more about that next week after week two. Let's get back now and talk some more hoops. Um, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about Cleveland, and we're going to talk later to Rod Beard about the great city of Detroit. Uh, we'll get into that more a little bit later. But, of course, we got to play something here. Um, <laughs> oh, Lord. Once again, we have been uh, we've been given this time from the great Frank. Well, you know, if you're, Frank started if you're, paying in American funds. I couldn't say he no. did. No, nah, you know what? As long as as long as the check clears, you know, I'm at that point where it's like, you know what? Who cares? Uh, so we've Frank we've done gets, we've done as many other embarrassing things on this show, so. For money, yes. Uh, yeah. Let's go ahead. Let's hear what Frank has come up with this week about the great city of Boston. Well, this is Frank. I got a little song for you about the Boston Celtics. So I hope you enjoy it. Well, I'm not kidding. Boston is winning. Oh, Boston Garden, it's a hell of a place to play. Just ask the Detroit Pistons. We smacked them around, then soon to 76 hours. Crying back to Philly, PA. Red off, Boston once told me. Don't play about Doozy, use the pick and roll, yeah, open it slow. Danny Ainge is killing me. Well, Danny Gray Allen, oh, Jeffrey. Do you remember that crazy star? The wolf didn't see the sign. Kevin Gardner, first of all, no guy. Oh, my God, do you remember 83? Beat the bullets in three strikes. Now next we're waiting 
get this straight yes tr wears a dress apparently nick nick hoff is killing frank because he cheers for all the shitty teams and ed bogus elite anything he's the pickle king is that <laughs> if that's what i that's what kind of what i picked up there it was a little difficult to hear but yes yeah, that was uh that was what i i mean and I, I heard some like once again if i heard correctly uh, Danny Ainge is great because he traded Ray Allen for some guy named Josh Green. Is that? <laughs> Maybe and Jeff Green. Or Jeff some, Green. Some, somebody Green, and then that he did a great job because he the Timberwolves couldn't see the sign, and he traded Kevin Garnett for a bunch of unknown guys. <laughs> I think that's the truth. <laughs> oh, man, Frank, you're killing me. Well, Frank. Uh, uh, Frank needs, what a, Frank what a needs man. to work. Uh, Frank needs to turn down the uh, music a little bit. Uh, some man. of it was a little hard to. Some of it was hard to hear, but uh, Frank. I needs think we work. got the point um, across. 
think we got uh, the, the point across on most of it. I mean, really, the only bad stuff he said was, you know, they, they kind of blew it in 93, and uh, Eric Montross is an albatross, apparently. <laughs> you know, the amount of research that that man puts into these songs is uh, kind of kind of spectacular, because I everything think, is historically accurate. I didn't think Frank could read. I mean, I'm mystified. Apparently. Frank has probably hired researchers, because... He's always asking me for money, so that's probably well, that could be what it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably about, paying for this shit to get on the air. <laughs> Give me about three fifty. About three fifty. I tell you what, if you've got about that sounded 350, like, you that need sounded to like Dark Johnson. Yeah, a little bit. If you've three got fitty. about three fifty, you need to head over and check out the good people at Atomic <laughs> Comics and Collectibles LLC, because my God, Tim, they are doing look. We got a lot of wrestling fans to listen to the show. I'm a wrestling fan. You're a wrestling fan. You know, if you're not a wrestling um, fan, that's okay. That's okay. But I have to if say you want... one thing about them Go ahead. quickly. Good. Atomic Comics and Collectibles. Whatever you do, do not bring in the Vince Russo Funko Pop, please. <laughs> is, is there such a thing? Apparently, they have approached him about and want to make one, and I. I figured if they're making one of those, they got to make a cornet one. But anyway, yeah, they've got this. Uh, they've been getting a lot of collectibles, especially posters, old wrestling posters. They're reproductions. They're, cool. they're twelve by sixteen. Uh, the originals were a lot larger, but they're getting them in. Look, I actually got one off of them, um, and this is the one I got. It, they're double sided. One of them is of Andre the Giant in the New York City skyline, which is really cool. But the one I'm interested in. This one was an old wrestling poster. It says, Wrestling, no TV, Madison Square Garden. Gives the address and all that. Saturday evening, July 11th, 8.30 p.m., double header. Bruno San Martino versus Freddie Blassie. Golden Terror versus Bobo Brazil. Bob Davis versus Wild Red Berry. The Grand Brothers versus the Mortier Brothers and other good bouts. Tickets, $1.50, $2, $3, $4, and $5, including tax. And tickets to Madison Square Garden box office. And I, I was able to get that from him for three dollars. That downtown Bruno, you said? Oh Jesus. Well, I don't know who that <laughs> they, other guy was. Bruno. But they've also got the uh they've got WrestleMania's, they've got old wrestling pay per view. Somebody beat me to the ninety two Rumble uh poster. whoever you are, fuck you. Uh you could have there. worse things on your walls, people. Oh, these are great posters if you're a wrestling fan, for sure. But they've got more than just wrestling stuff. I mean, they've got Funko. They've got a huge assortment of Funko Pops, action figures, collectibles. They've even got some, uh, they've got Marvel stuff. they got DC, anything you could think of. they even got old presidential stuff here. Like right here, they've got a McKinley Hobart Huguet from 19, or 1896. I believe it's a button or a pin, or, or actually, it looks like, no, it's a coin. Excuse me. It's a coin they're selling. $15, an 1896 coin in great condition. Check them out if you're into that sort of thing. I always like keeping old money, so I think that's really cool. So go check them out. Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Let's hear some more from them right now. If you're into comic books and collectibles, then you are going to want to check out Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. They buy and sell comic books, action figures, pop funkos, vintage video game systems, vinyl records, and other collectibles. Retro and vintage collectibles are their specialty. They have fair and competitive pricing on all their items. Their prices will make you say, 
Facebook, and they're in the process of getting their own storefront in Logan, West Virginia. Give their Facebook page a like and keep updated on new merchandise and announcements for Comic-Cons and store opening in your area. They do ship, but only within the United States at this time. Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, where yesterday's memories are today's future. If you are looking for anything comic book or collectible-wise, you are going to want to do one thing. Assemble. And head over to Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Check out their Facebook page, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Again, big thanks to Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, for their contributions to the show. Some great stuff there, as always. But, ladies and gentlemen, um, another special recording that we were able to get recently with our man. Let's head to it now, Tim. We were able to sit down and talk with our guy, the one and only, T.R. Shock. Shall we roll the tape? Yeah. Back again, two weeks in a row, ladies and gentlemen. Tom Robinson, TR Shock, welcome back, buddy. What up, Nate Bush, Tim Dombrova? How's that, my uh, friend from across the globe? How's that uh, mud wrestling tour of European bathhouses going? I'm doing pretty well. Um, that's probably in a reference you dropped earlier when I wasn't listening, or no, dropped on another all. show, I should say. No, no, not at all. Just I assume that's what you were up to. Yeah, that's what you usually do yeah. in your spare time. Well, <laughs> I, I've rolled around in some mud in my day, um, figuratively, that is, but <laughs> all cleaned off now. Some uh, backdoor mud, if you will? Uh, you know, I... Uh, <laughs> Uh, not, you know, saying, not, uh, not saying if I give or take, but it's all fun. I mean, this, well, is, luckily, a hoops, this is a hoop show, you know. Well, luckily, oh, you that's got right. your coat to keep you clean. Yeah, exactly. My big coat. <laughs> My coat of many colors. Oh, Dolly Parton, you, you two uh, rascals, when I leave, uh, when, when, uh, when the cat's <laughs> away, the mice will play. And don't, don't read too deep into that one. <laughs> yeah. Baby folks, baby. Yeah. Baby folks. Oh goodness. But TR, it's good to hear from you as always. You know, um, kind of a slow day in hoops outside of the Team USA. Uh, you know, we talked about them. Um, we'll, we'll talk about them later. We later in the show, but Team USA lost earlier today to France. What's your thoughts on that? Um, parlez-vous français? <laughs> now, I uh, I have uh, I have no no real genuine interest in the uh, yeah, in the like offseason with it. Like yeah, most people, that, to be honest. But that team, that team is uh, you know, third team All Star possibly, you know, star here and there. Let's uh, yeah, let's let's go to something better. Talk, let's talk about. Uh, your 76er boy, Mike Scott, picking fights with the oh, Eagles yeah. baseball. Yeah. 
Well, I, I think, uh, God, didn't we talk about this last week, or was I was that a, a private conversation? Yeah. I think, um, we, I think we had a little bit of a private conversation about yeah. it the other day, but we haven't we haven't talked about it on air. No. Well, I stand with Scott. Fuck the Eagles fans. Ooh, <laughs> hot take. Oh well. well nah, no, I mean that is Tom, Tom that Robinson is a hot. Don Robinson doesn't really is, like uh, the Seventy Sixers management or anything like that. He likes the franchise. True. No, that is a. Uh, you know, Skip Bayless, uh, Max Kellerman type, Colin Cowherd hot take where I'm just, you know, showboating. Uh, in reality, the Eagles fans, you know, a great percentage of them and suck ass. They're 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 literal animals. And uh, yeah. Scott, you know, let me clarify that. There's several cities amongst. NFL towns that have a fan base that's pretty pathetic and violent and everything like that. And the Philly, Philadelphia market has, you know, is considered one of those, if not the forerunner, forefront. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Mike Scott uh, kind of posted himself that he was going to the fourth and John. John is a, kind of a Philly term, but I don't know if it's crept across the nation, but it's been around forever. Anything can be a John, but. Um, he was going to a specific tailgate. Apparently that wasn't the one he was going to when he was socking people left and right. Um, I don't know. Uh, like those dudes look like regular slobs to me. And if I see this, Mike Scott's about six, 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 seven. isn't he? Yeah. He's a big guy. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I've always stated that it's, it's, you gotta be aware of your surroundings. Yes. You know, by the land of the law, you should be, law of the land, excuse me, you should be able to support whoever you want, wherever you want, but not here. It's not, it's, it's yeah. not a realistic scenario here. It's one you of those unwritten, uh, unwritten rule kind of things, you know? Yeah. I mean, you, you get, you get fucked with here and yeah. uh, that's not to support the idiots that do that, but that's just reality. That's our fan base. They're idiots. I mean, <laughs> If you listen to one day of sports radio in Philadelphia, you'd understand where I'm coming from. But um, Scott needed to know better, and obviously you can't teach those fucking idiots in the parking lot. So I'm kind of a tweener like this. It's both parties' fault. For, for those that don't know, T.R., why don't, why don't you let them know what Mike Scott, uh, who is a Philadelphia 76er for the casual fan, he plays for the Sixers, he's in the city. Uh, what did he do to elicit the – the ire of the Eagles faithful. Um, he, he grew up in the Virginia area that's toward DC, a, a lifelong Redskins fan, Instagram, a picture of himself in his Redskin garb and, you know, told whoever his followers were, he was going to the game to support the Redskins. And, and, you know, proceeded to do so. And you, you can't – it's unfortunate because if Mike Scott wanted to wear his Redskins with myself and my friends drinking some beers, I would be like, you know, you're going down today, buddy, but I love you as a sixer. And uh, get that Ben Simmons to shoot, blah, 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 blah. Here's a beer. But <laughs> Tom, he, with, you'd, be coaching, you'd be coaching through Mike Scott. <laughs> it, it, exactly. I mean, but, you know. 
he's a hard worker. He's he he kind of represents the kind of mentality of a, of the culture here in Philadelphia sports of of a tough guy. And uh, you know, it's like he's a young guy. He's in his twenties, late twenties, albeit, but. Uh, you know, he's still got that young mentality. You can't, unfortunately, you can't be one of the people. Is, is the bottom line. Uh, there's, you know, he's a millionaire and he's amongst a bunch of fucking drunk scumbags. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, nobody got hurt too bad. Just except, you know, it added to our bad reputation, which, in my opinion, is justified. So, I, I'll tell you what. If I was there, I would have, so- I would have stood by Scott and socked some of them punks. But, you know, that's just me. Well, unfortunately, you were not there for him, so uh, he will not be on our show anytime soon. So thank you, TR, for that. There you go. <laughs> sure. Um, trust the process. Absolutely. Oh, God. Never forget. Yeah. Never forget the process. Yeah, it's actually not we, uh, we should celebrate Stop the it. anniversary of uh, Trust the Process. We're about to with uh, yeah. with our second with our second year episode here in a, a couple of months. Or we're about a month away, actually. I think episode one hundred and episode and uh, we'll be very very close to our two year anniversary. So that's going to be a fun fun little get together, believe it or not. And we're I'm excited. Like I think I think for the anniversary show for the two year anniversary one hundredth episode, whatever you guys want to do. I think we should tell the story of how this podcast became to be because I think we've we've hinted at it, but I don't think we've ever told the full story. Does anybody really? This... Does anybody really know? Even the three of us. I mean, we can fill it in between the three of us. I know because it started with with Tr, and we won't. I won't say more. I know it started with Tr and myself uh, and Facebook, and we'll we'll leave it at that. A little tease. Uh, how well, I actually, mean, can't jump it actually goes be. back further than that. See, you, there's things you don't know. Well, there you go. See, I don't, and I'm looking forward to hearing about it. I think that'll be a fun. <laughs> that uh, Tom a, maybe a doesn't story. even remember. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm, you'll have to be here to fill in what Tom forgot. <laughs> Absolutely. So I think that'll be a fun little <laughs> segment there. Uh, moving forward, we'll we'll talk about that, and uh, we'll probably have to pre-record that, but. Uh, We'll put that together. Uh, I'm looking forward to that, to hearing the full story of how everything came to be. And uh, we'll pull no punches. We're not going to bury anybody, but we're not going to pull any punches either. We're no, but we don't, we, don't, uh, we don't throw shade, but we don't uh, protect anybody either. No, no. We're going to tell the truth, and we're going to tell you what happened. And I think that that'll be the way to go. So 100th episode, we'll do that. I think that's a, a little tease for a month now. So make and you sure can hear you that episode in. for the low, low price of seven ninety nine on our Patreon page. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can so, we get uh, a retweet? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> October 9th on Yom Kippur. Make sure you tune in to hear the story of Wide Men Can't Jump. Uh, you're, you'll love I, I can't come. Speaking of, speaking of, sorry, sorry, Tim. I didn't mean to cut you off. Okay, speaking of ahead. fucked up. There's some kind of fucking Asian holiday, by the way, going on right now. I mean, I know you brought up Yom Kippur, which has nothing to do with anything, but it made me think of holidays. And, you know, the the other business I'm in, uh, during Chinese holidays, we we do a lot of business with China and so forth. And and it slows down when they have Chinese holidays. 
I don't know what the hell holiday it is, but it better get over soon because I need more hours right now. But anyway, let's talk basketball. <laughs> well, I'm oh goodness. <laughs> I'm wondering what the holiday would what holiday would it be if it is mid autumn festival. Mid autumn festival. That is the holiday. Yeah, some shit. Uh, it's all that uh, that rookie. Well, it's all that rookie's fault. Uh, who's the rookie from Gonzaga that's half Asian? Shit. Um. Damn. Um. You asked me too fast. Oh God, he got drafted this year. Um. He's really good too. I'm just busting balls, but he's gonna he's gonna, gonna be a bust. He played at Gonzaga. He's gonna uh, be a bust. I, 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 you know, you said that last uh, two seasons ago when we started about my man from Portland, and it, you were right in the first season it seemed. But now all of a sudden he's, you know, grabbing some rebounds and he's more active, and they became a better team. And he's he's an Ra- integral Ra- part Ra- of it. Hachimura. Hachimura, it's your fault. It's your fault, oh, Hachimura. Man, <laughs> from imagine being him. You can slay black ass and Asian ass at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, Tom Robinson. No apologies necessary. No. Just, just so you know that the views of Tom Robinson do not express the views of White Man Can't Jump or any affiliates thereof. <laughs> yeah, I need to be be behind a pay a paywall and a, all that kind of stuff. I'm I'm not for every audience. <laughs> no, but that's that's why that's why we do our show on the platform we do it on. Where indeed. Indeed. We can do but, it and uh, do and say what we want. That's why we did it. Yeah, but that's why we're not I, I, Go ahead, Nate, and then I have an interesting announcement. Well, go ahead and make your announcement. That way you don't forget it. Well, I'm making it uh, without even without even you guys knowing it, uh, but Tim's involved. This week, week two of the NFL, we will put together a picks against the spread program for your listening Ooh. pleasure. Uh, along with college games and so forth, um, you know, some things uh, geographically on my end messed up last week. And quite frankly, even though Tim did well, I don't like uh, putting out, quote, educated plays on week one. I did fairly well with the picks I put out on college on our uh, my Twitter page, which you guys retweeted on our Twitter page. So we will have an entertaining show, much like we did every week last uh, season. And, we're going to take your bookmaker's ass and take your local casino's ass if it's if it's legal in your state. There's Whoa. a there's a there's there a sound bite for a, a, an anniversary show. Tom does not like educated picks. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> for a brief moment. For a brief moment, I thought you said something else instead of picks, and I went, holy crap, the uh, Asian community is going to lose their minds, but that was just my oh, brain. Whoa, that, whoa, whoa. My, yeah, that was just my brain being messed up. Whoa, we ain't going there. Uh, <laughs> no, no. I ain't touching none of that. Yeah, no. No, but, sir. Uh, for a brief second, that's what my mind heard, and I went, oh, my God, how are we going to bail out of that one? Oh, anyway. a little bit yeah. of the bubbly. Um, uh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I would have done it. What am I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> we got any, uh, uh, have we got any uh, Stu Hart on tap? Do we have Stu Hart on tap? There's Diana yeah. looking like some kind of whore. Yeah, thank you. 
I will have this you guys running know. off the rails, man. No, 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 no. I, I did find I did find some information. Uh, Tom drunkenly one night um, called me and left me a voicemail. It was late at night. He was drunk, belligerent. But apparently, Tom, you may not remember. You probably don't even remember this, Tr. You had found your way to some sort of like Sonic drive-in. And I don't know how you got there, but you told me what you told me how your night had went. And then you told me what you ate and everything. I don't know. I, I got a clip of it. Um, I, I clipped it up okay. and I've saved it. So when you hear, take a listen to what Tom did. This is on my voicemail one night. Check 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 this out. Apparently he had a crowd around him. Take a listen. I drove over to the Sonic Drive-In, ordered a jalapeno burger, a chicken fried steak sandwich. A chili cheese dog with extra onions. French fries. Tater tots. Washed it down with one beer. Two beers. Three beers. A shot of whiskey. A margarita. And a bloody Mary. So when Tom drinks, he sounds, uh, he's got a Texas accent, by the way. I don't. I don't think he was at Sonic. I think that was his visit to the uh, Philadelphia School for the Deaf. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. And and let's not mislead uh, the public. I love that. Booker T. Um, let's not let's not mislead uh, the folks. That I I was uh, around people, yes, but I was not driving through Sonic. No, because when I get inebriated, I would never get behind the wheel. No, 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 no. You no, were definitely uh, you were either on your bicycle or in an Uber, without doubt. Okay. Uh, Due to te- technical difficulties on my end, all I got to say is, uh, go Sixers. Um, I don't know. I love you guys, <laughs> and I can't wait to do the pick show. That's all I have this week. Can't wait to have you back on here full time, man. We're looking forward to it. It's coming soon. All right. That's TR. Thanks for jumping on, man. Look for the pick show coming soon. We'll get back to your regularly scheduled wide men program. Well, that was the man right there, but I'll tell you what, TR joined us here. Tim, we got to go to this, though. Uh, We talked about it. It's been teased. Ladies and gentlemen, the time is now. With our concession stand update and review, are you ready for this, Tim? Oh, I've been waiting for this. Well, here we go. Let's go to the Hawks concession stand review with our man, Ed Bogus. The following is a Wide Men Can't Jump special news report. Good evening, everyone. I'm Cecil B. Buxnart coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia where we have followed world champion Ida Ed Bogus on the first leg of his 
NBA World Tour of Eating Concessions in the NBA. We had a little hitch to start off the proceedings as Adam Silver, Commissioner Adam Silver, cleared the uh, venue of all sports reporters. Um, I guess they felt that Bogus needed to complete quiet to do his evaluation. So all we have to go from is a uh, inside report and uh, a few words from uh, Bogus himself that were transcribed for us. Uh, apparently, uh, David Silver's become a bit of a, well, an ogre. I think he looks more like a skeleton myself. But anyway, um, earlier today when Bogus did arrive outside the arena, there was uh, much enjoyment, much celebration. As, of course, many, many people uh, remember Bogus's uh, victory here in uh, 1996 at the Olympic Games, where uh, Bogus, in fact, won the uh, gold medal in uh, eating, of course, in various disciplines. But who can forget the all-round when uh, Bogus defeated his archenemy from uh, Russia, uh, Boris the Gulag Batinsky. Uh, people, of course, that took place in the Omni. Uh, today's event, of course, is uh, taking place in State Farm Arena. Uh, but who can forget that, that fateful uh, uh, Tuesday summer night when Bogus ate 127 peaches. Of course, defeated, as I said earlier, Boris Gulag Batinsky. Uh, and the surprise English champion, uh, Kate Moss, uh, who, of course, uh, was quite a surprise in those Olympics as well. And uh, and also, who can forget the controversy, as always in the Olympics, a little bit of controversy, as uh, Bruce Pobans was uh, not allowed to compete when he refused uh, uh, to change his country of origin from uh, the land of make-believe. Uh, a little-known fact about uh, the Olympics is... Uh, Bogus, uh, later that same week, uh, trademarked the phrase towel biter and uh, uh, did, in fact, uh, sign a lucrative agreement with Shaman. Um, I don't know if that had anything to do with 127 peaches. Uh, I, I can't be sure. Now, uh, moving on, apparently, uh, Bogus has started off uh, his uh, evaluation of the Atlantic concession. Sounds like something from the Civil War, the Atlantic concession. But anyway... Uh, there with the uh, Cam Reddish sandwich, which of course is, uh, as it was described to us, is a nine-inch <laughs> Philadelphia cheesesteak made with uh, year-old virgin beef and uh, Amarasa roll with uh, provolone cheese, none of that cheese whiz bullshit. And uh, the cheese, of course, is made in North Carolina, uh, processed with the milk uh, farmed from uh, the breast of uh, one Mike Krzyzewski. Uh, Bogus initially was confused and uh, refused to eat the the uh, sandwich when he thought it was an Amarosa roll, or that's an Amarosa roll and not an Amarosa roll. Of course, Amarosa, the uh, famous uh, TV celebrity, uh, Bogus was uh, said to have uh, mumbled, "There's no way I'm putting no Amarosa roll in my mouth. My wife will kill me." Uh, but they can it was settled and uh, Bogus. Uh, in fact, uh, sampled the uh, cheesesteak and uh, gave it a thumbs up. 
Um, so that, that's good news there. So uh, it start, things started good. Uh, they moved on to the Vince Carter sandwich, which, of course, as you know, was once a very fancy sandwich. But uh, the folks in Atlanta have uh, trimmed it down quite a bit. Um, it's now just a crusty roll uh, containing 42-year-old aged ham and a 42-year-old uh, cheddar cheese. <laughs> what can be said, uh, Bogus said, uh, it's nothing special. Um, well, if you're hungry, you'll eat it, but otherwise you probably won't bother to look for it. Uh, so moving on, uh, so we're sort of uh, kind of hit and miss. Uh, uh, next up was the uh, Alex Land Ribs, uh, which uh, apparently met with no favor from Mr. Bogus. Um, they are a seven-foot rack of dull, unappealing ribs, bland, pedestrian, and insignificant. Wow. Uh, surprise from this reporter. In fact, uh, Boggs was claimed to have said, in the words of Ron White, no one would give a fiddler's fuck about these ribs. They are gross. <laughs> so, uh, that's a miss from uh, Mr. Boggs. Uh, moving on to some more, uh, shall we say, uh, exquisite cuisine. We had the Dikembe Mutombo Gumbo, which of course is a five-pound bowl. Uh, which uh, in the description uh, consists of a Congolese river horse, onions, peppers, and celery with uh, a special concoction of spices which they will not name. Uh, turns out, uh, ladies and gentlemen, after some uh, investigative reporting uh, and digging by this here reporter, one Cecil B. Bucknor, uh, Congolese river horse is in fact hippopotamus and the special spices turned out to be nothing but salt and pepper. <laughs> In the words of Bog, it's uh, surprisingly good, simple fare for the common man, but effective. And the bowl also, of course, comes in handy to throw onto the court once you're discussed at the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, moving on, we had the uh, Dominique Wilkins wings, which, uh, of course, are giant-sized buffalo wings. And uh, apparently, uh, celebrity Jessica Simpson... Uh, uh, saw them and said, damn, I, I can't believe blue whales had wings. The wings are so big. <laughs> um, apparently, there is every flavor and combo under the Georgian sun. Uh, in the words of Bogus, these these motherfuckers deliver some of the greatest uh, wings ever eaten. Uh, only a bizarre thing is they are sponsored by Nike, which is odd. Um, but anyway, <laughs> thumbs up from Bogus on the uh, Dominique Wilkins wings. Uh, then we have... Um, the uh, Spud Webb mashed potatoes, which of course are made by select, uh, are made from, not by, made from select baby potatoes grown by Oopaloompas and Munchkins. They are small and uh, visually unappealing, according to Bogus, but when you taste them, they are magnificent. They come with uh, in a variety of uh, fixings from uh, butter, chives, broccoli, chili, cheese. Uh, apparently only one warning from Mr. Bogus. Uh, apparently the uh, Spud Web uh, mashed potatoes with chili and cheese will uh, make you explode at the rim, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Otherwise, a, a, a great eat. Uh, that leads us to uh, one last... Uh, well, we got two more to go. Uh, uh, one, uh, a very specialty item, uh, uh, really popular in uh, Atlanta, the uh, Ted Turner Jane Fonda Taco. <laughs> which, of course, is made from Vietnamese pot-bellied pig. Uh, it's got the pink tomatoes, uh, bok choy, 
uh, cilantro and uh, famous oh, feminist approved in Gary cheese. Which of course, is made in uh, China. Of course, uh, each taco shell has a likeness of a uh, Hanoi Jane toasted onto the side of it, and it's uh, wrapped in a commemorative uh, communist uh, manifesto for those of you who are looking for, you know, some kind of souvenir from your trip to Atlanta. That's crazy. But apparently it makes for a pretty good eat. Now, the last item on the menu that Bob's uh, tasted is the uh, Moses Malone beer. Um, that's a uh, Moses Malone craft beer brewed uh, from peanuts, surprisingly, uh, and aged in barrels made from the uh, old parquet floor in the Omni Coliseum. Um, it is then filtered through game-worn Moses Malone socks. Uh, then it's stored in plastic barrels made from recycled 2014 Hawks playoff run memorabilia. Uh, each barrel comes with an authentic game-worn nylon jockstrap filter. Uh, so uh, when you tap it, you, you can make sure you use the uh, filter for the full effect. Uh, uh, Baga says it has a natural, earthy taste, but it's pretty smooth with a good head if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, and that's all we have from uh, Ed's trip to the uh, Atlanta concession and his first stop in the uh, National Basketball Association World Tour of Concession Stands. Um, I think overall the Atlanta concession is going to get a passing grade, but they got some work to do. Probably, in the words of Bogus, they could add a few things. Uh, uh, in particular, they're missing that candy corn. Uh, he's also uh, very disappointed in the fact they sold Diet Coke. Apparently not <laughs> not a favorite of Bob's. Uh, so with that, uh, that's all for our Ed Bogus report. Um, now, uh, uh, we had another Tom Robinson sighting. Oh, Lord. Uh, well, a suspected Tom Robinson sighting when uh, uh, a uh, flyer... Uh, was down at the uh, Philadelphia International Airport and believed he saw Tom Robinson. Uh, but he couldn't be sure because uh, from a distance it also looked like a pear-shaped lemon. Um, <laughs> or perhaps uh, uh, for some strange reason a, a buoy, uh, uh, a uh, yellow warning buoy on land that could move with feet for some reason. Um, I don't know if this uh, person was uh, under the effects of drugs. Or if he, in fact, did see uh, Tom Robinson in a safety vest. We can't rule it out. But uh, nonetheless, another Tom Robinson sighting in the Philadelphia area. Um, so that's good news that uh, Tom is okay and uh, and uh, still uh, functioning. So that's it from uh, Cecil B. Boxnot uh, here in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, we take you back to the studio with uh, Nate and Tim. Y'all have a good day now, you hear? Well, I can honestly say... say I was not expecting that kind of reporting, but man, Ed Bogus, hey. concession stand concierge. Ed Bogus is one thorough man. That's just apparently. And apparently, <laughs> Atlanta pulled out all the stops. I, I can't hardly wait to see what uh, Boston is going to do. Yeah, it's going to be now. interesting to see what Boston's doing. But speaking of thorough, if you want to be thorough, there's only one site I know to go to. That's Strip Cam Fun. If you want the thorough, a look at being thorough. <laughs> Careful now. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's hear from Strip Camp Fun, shall we? 
Are you tired of the same old average everyday lifestyle and the same old job that has you making less money than what you know you're worth? Well, you should head on over to StripCamFun.com. On StripCamFun, there are tons of eligible men and women waiting to perform for you, and you can join in on the fun yourself. Just head on over at StripCamFun.com where you can strip on cam and have some fun. If you get there right now, you'll get to see some of the most beautiful women, men, and whatever else your heart desires. And you can take advantage of the good times being had on StripCamFun.com. Make sure you get there right now and let them know that Wide Men Can't Jump brought you over. Because StripCamFun.com is not just for everyone. Must be 18 years of older to join in on the good times. Strip Cam Fun. Be sure to visit right now. It's StripCamFun.com where you can strip on camp and have some fun. StripCamFun.com. They put a whole new meaning into the term load management. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, a little oh. bit of the bubbly. A little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Anyway. <laughs> moving, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> moving on. Got a couple Jane, of news items. <laughs> wonder if they have the uh, Jane Fondo taco, taco over at the strip. Yeah. <laughs> I have to go search. Oh, goodness. Oh, man. All right. A couple news items to bring up here. <laughs> All right, there's been a rule change in the NBA. I'm going to read this verbatim here. All right? So bear with me. This is as reported oh, hold on. a couple of hold days. Hold on. Hold on. Go ahead. The people from Philadelphia and Kentucky want to know, what does verbatim mean? <laughs> I'm from West Virginia. I like to talk down to anybody. You're, <laughs> just reading it. You're just reading it. You don't know either, right? Really, the NBA right, notified anyway. team. The NBA notified teams that it will not allow players to wear the ninja style headwear this season. NBA spokesperson Mike Bass tells ESPN the headwear hasn't been through the league approval process. Teams have raised concerns regarding safety and consistency of size and length. And when some players begin, some it's just, uh, size and length. Size. Okay. Size and length, eh? <laughs> Strip cam fun. Uh, Mike, Bass says, Mike Bass says, when some players begin wearing them last season, we didn't want to cause a disruption by intervening midseason. NBA teams uh, were notified in May that the headwear would not be part of this season's uniforms. The competition committee is discussing issues in meetings today. Bass said the teams raised a concern. Uh, about the size and the length and how they are tied, which requires a thorough review before consideration of any rule change. Among the players who wear them, Jimmy Butler, Drew Holiday, and Jarrett Allen all uh, wore those uh, headbands. So no more of the Ninja Karate Kid-style headbands uh, this upcoming season. Thank God. Those look so stupid. They do, but do you want to know the real reason? Why? Because the league has decided that uh, if anybody's going to wear anything during the game, 
we got to have a uniform uh, style so that we can uh, get Nike to make them and get some advertising dollars out of this stuff. And we ain't getting any. And we don't like that. Yeah. So I mean, you're no, probably right. We, yeah, I'm not being – yeah, I'm not trying to be funny. Uh, we don't like that. So that's, that's going to encourage individualism, and we can't have that. So, um, you know, each – there will have to be an approved style and color and, like as they said, length and width and all this. Just big enough to get that uh, advertising logo on and in the right yeah. colors so that the camera can pick it up, et cetera, et cetera. That's, that's all that's about. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Who gives a shit if a guy's wearing a piece of cloth in his hair? Safety concerns, what? <laughs> Stray <laughs> thread catching somebody's eye? I mean, uh, what are we I, talking I about? I couldn't stand them. I thought they looked stupid myself. I was like, eh, those are dumb. I mean, sure. I there might be a few players uh, in the league that might pull it off and try to choke somebody with it, but <laughs> you know, other than that, I mean, a couple in particular I can think of who shall remain nameless. You may name yeah. them if you want, but uh, yeah, that Draymond Green, <laughs> yeah, that was one of them. Um, but yeah, that that's just the league uh, flexing its muscle to let the players know that they don't get to decide shit. That's all that is. Yeah, yeah, and I agree with you. Um, I thought they looked dumb, but yeah, the league and they are ugly. They will approve them in a few years as long as they what have the right have, logo and things what of that nature. Considered, um, is there any chance that it's actually a, from a position of could they can be considered politically incorrect, particularly in this day and age? That that's a you know that's a Japanese samurai warrior thing or whatever and you shouldn't be wearing one and all that no, nonsense. I, I don't know. I, I I never looked at it that way, but I mean, I suppose somebody could. I'm not saying that it's right or wrong. No, um, me neither, but, you know, give, give, yeah, well, that that might be something that the league, you know, sure, Jimmy Butler doesn't stop to think about that, but maybe the league has to. I, I don't know. Maybe. Man, I can't. I can't believe I'm sticking up for the league and Adam Silver, that gaunt Skeletor-looking motherfucker. Hey, I but like uh, Adam Silver. I like him too, but he's still a gaunt Skeletor-looking motherfucker. I mean, anything's better than David Stern. I mean, the only thing yeah, worse than David Stern. Much. The only thing worse with David Stern is Roger Goodell. I mean, that's, that's really the well, or a, or a department store mannequin. That's about his well, yeah. personality. Or then, Karen, yeah, the speaking or, manager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but fair anyway. enough. Anyway, spe- speaking of speaking to a manager, um, I actually got a message the other day from the good folks at Stay Classy Meats. They sent well, me a text message. Yeah, they sent me a text message. It kind of came out of nowhere. Was talking to them, and they were impressed with uh, what we were doing over here at Wide Men Can't Jump. They were very happy with, with everything. And I got another box of meat in the mail, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you son of a bitch. No grocery shopping for Nate, not with Stay Classy Meats, and I got great, this is going to sound like a strip cam fun advertisement, but I got great meat coming to me, buddy. I can't wait. You could have went with with big packages, man. Yeah, I could have, but yeah, so I'll be doing an unboxing video as soon as that gets here. Look for it on, uh, I'm going to put it on my Facebook, and I'll try and clip it and put it on Twitter and Instagram if I can. Um yeah, hopefully uh, be here very soon. Looking forward to it. And you, you know, Tim, 
I posted on Instagram the other day all the ways that you can get stay classy meats and, and all the stuff they had. Let me run through them real quick what you can get. This is if you decide to make your own box. Uh, you can pick what you want in it. They have beef ri- beef ribeyes, ground beef. This is all Wagyu beef, by the way. Uh, beef bavette. I don't even know what the hell that is. Beef flank steak, beef short ribs, beef sirloin, ground fe- uh, grass-fed beef, uh, the ground beef, ground beef patties, beef knuckle bone, beef liver, bison ribeye, bison top sirloin, elk beef slider patties, boneless, chi- skinless chicken, chicken thighs, pork bacon by the pound, pork chop medallions. Uh, then they've even got some trout. They've got trout. They've got Alaskan halibut, beef pemmican bites, and then they got chicken legs, two pounds, all beef hot sausages, and much, much more. So check that out. Head on over, stayclassymeats.com. Use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order. And, and on top of that, Get a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. You can't beat it with two sticks. It's the best deal you're going to get. I don't know about you guys. Um, I hate going to the store. I hate trying to find the cut of beef I want or the hamburger or, you know, this might look, this looks older than this. This doesn't look fresh. This one doesn't have as much. This has got too much fat. Take all the work, all the guesswork, all the searching at the meat cooler out of it. Stayclassymeats.com. A, uh, a beef by that is a sirloin flank steak. Ooh. I hope they send me some of those. And apparently, uh, the higher quality the beef, the better a cut. So, of course, because Steak Classy Meats uses a cut of unparalleled quality, that should be of a course. pretty good, that should be pretty good eating. Oh, absolutely. Let's hear some more from the good guys over at Steak Classy Meats. Stay Classy Meats is your online meat market where you can get the best quality meat for competitive prices. Head on over to stayclassymeats.com and use the promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order. That's right. If you head to stayclassymeats.com, you can save 10% on your order with promo code WIDEMEN, but that's not all. Not only will Stay Classy Meats give you 10% off, they're also throwing in a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Make sure you get over to stayclassymeats.com right now to check out their selection. Whether it be pork, ribs, chicken, steak, bison, ribeye, or any other type of meat that you desire, you can get it at stayclassymeats.com. They are high-quality meat that you will not want to miss out on. If you like to eat well and eat clean and eat some of the best quality products out there, Stay Classy Meats is for you. Again, head to stayclassymeats.com right now. Check it out, stayclassymeats.com. Use promo code WIDEMAN. Save your 10%. Get you some free Montana grass-fed ground beef. That's all of our sponsors this evening. We appreciate all of them. They all help us out in more ways than we could think, and we want to thank them. Also, I want to thank everybody, all the new listeners we've been getting, because honestly, Tim, our numbers have shot up, and I know every show says that, but you don't hear us say that unless it's the truth. Our numbers have gotten so much better. We've hit 65 countries now. We've added um, downloads from all over the place. It, it's really mind-blowing that a couple of guys um, you know, can just do this show and, and put out this content about NBA and, and get so many hits and listens and likes and support from all of our listeners. And we do appreciate you guys. You guys have seriously made um, 
made this show really what it is, and we appreciate it, and we're so thankful for all of you that listen and uh, and tune in. So thank you so much. You want me to sing When You Wish Upon a Star now or something? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Makes no difference no. who you are. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I'll have you know. But uh, I, don't speaking know the, of stars, I don't know the next line, but anyway. <laughs> anything your heart desires, your dreams come true. But speaking of uh, stars, we got a star journalist that joined Tim and I the other day, and we talked some Detroit Pistons. You know, we, we've covered the Ohio gang here. That's an old Calvin Coolidge reference, by the way, for those of you that know. Uh, we got the Ohio talk earlier with the Cleveland uh, Cavaliers, and now we go to the border over past Toledo, and we're going to Detroit, baby. We're talking with Rod Beard, our guy from the Detroit News, and he's talking all about the Pistons and their offseason. Tim, be ready to go to that Shackleford. Shackleford, get me another soda. Tim, you ready to Robin- go to this? Robinson, get your hands off your package and roll the tape. Back on the show again is a Pistons beat writer for the Detroit News and our man covering the Detroit Pistons, Rod Beard. Rod, thanks again for jumping back on the show and talking some Pistons basketball with us. Oh, not a problem. Thanks for having me back on. I appreciate it. Not a problem. It's great to have you. And uh, my co-host, Tim, is joining us. And, Tim, why don't you go ahead and lead the questioning here? Well, first, a little soft soap. Uh, Rod, I read your uh, article from back in uh, late April in the Detroit News, a little plug there. Uh, when you give your final grades to the uh, Pistons. And uh, not to say I agreed with you. You, you. you were pretty kind to Mr. Griffin and Mr. Drummond, but after that you were – you didn't throw anybody under the bus or anything, but you were honest, you know, average grades for everybody. Uh, so let's, uh, let's take that information and parlay it towards uh, the Pistons' draft picks. Um I got to say, the first two guys I'd never heard of, in all honesty, and uh, Jordan Bones was seemed to be, have more potential than the than the who is it the Dumbioya and Servidis. I'm not sure if I'm saying them right, but but close. Anyway. Yeah, Dumbioya is the, the way I remember Dumboya. it. It's in both in both syllabus. Dumbioya. Okay. Um, and then I and then to to take it further, I've I've read where a lot of guys are kind of figuring maybe the Pistons ought to blow it up get rid of their big guys and rebuild. Um, you're the insider. How does that, what does that draft, what do those draft picks say about what uh, ownership and management is looking to do for next year? Well, I, I think it was, they didn't want to rush into anything and try to put pressure on a guy to come in and help immediately. And that's, that's partly the duality of the picks is if the Pistons are so close right now, and I, I tend to think that they are, or they should push all of the chips in and go for it right now. If they're going to go for it, go for it, because Blake Griffin has three more years left on his contract. And realistically, if they're going to contend, and I put contend in kind of air quotes, if they're going to contend and be good, they're going to do it during Blake Griffin's contract here in these last three years. So if you're going for Sekou Dumbuya, you have to be saying that he is a guy who's going to help you probably almost immediately and fill in in that small forward spot that seems to be the weak point of their starting lineup. And he just doesn't project out to be that way, that he might need another 
year, maybe two years before he really starts to be a guy who can play at an NBA level and used to the NBA speed and really starts to fit in. The same way, and no comparison here, but but Giannis and some of the other um, foreign guys who came over and started playing in the NBA, it takes you a year to get used to the physicality of it, the speed of it, the way everything works. And um, I I just don't know if that pick is – geared toward them contending and doing a lot this year or next year. So it, it's, they've got their feet in both buckets, it seems, that they want to contend now, but then they also want to have something for the future, and Dumboya seems to be that. Servetus isn't even going to come over and play in the U.S. this year, much not in the G League either. So that pick is another kind of draft and stash guy that um, they thought highly of, but in summer league he didn't blow anybody's doors off. Um, so it's really hard to get a good gauge on what his future is going to be, but it's not going to be this coming season. And Jordan Bone in, in summer league looked like a guy who could really play. You give him some seasoning, and, and he's on a two-way contract now. So that's a guy who could figure into their plans at some point if they trade Reggie Jackson before the trade deadline, that he could come in and be their third point guard. But, again, it's, it, there's no surefire guy that's coming in at the beginning of the year and starting or playing a significant number of minutes from this draft class that they've got. All right. So, so given that, if the Pistons want to go all in, which I don't disagree with, uh, look how well that worked for the Raptors, um, is there a, one big move they need to make, or can they do it with what they've got? It's going to be hard to do it with what they have because they the, the Reggie Jackson expiring contract might be the best asset that they have right now. They haven't seemed willing to part with Luke Kennard, which might be the best young piece if they're looking to, to make a good trade. I, it's just they're in the middle. They're they're it's not even the upside down. They're just in the middle. They can they can try to add somebody else, but they don't have the cap space to make that work either. And so going out and getting Tony Snell was probably the best thing that they could do. And they traded uh, another asset they had with the expiring contract of John Lure to do that. They need a, a dynamic small forward and a two way small forward. Um, in a perfect world, you would say somebody like Clay Thompson, something of that ilk, or maybe a Jimmy Butler in a perfect world. But you don't live in that perfect world, and you don't have the cap space for it. And there's so much money tied up in Reggie Jackson, Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, that bringing on another guy of that ilk, of that caliber, is going to be very, very, very hard to do. All right. Well, i got one more, and then I'll turn it over to Nate. Um, so given all of that, which I agree with you so far, is the fan base willing to accept another, well, uh, shellacking in the playoffs, for lack of a better word, um, and a average season where they look pretty good for a while and then kind of faded towards the end? See, and for the fan base, I don't know if they have a choice. There's Because of the way this thing was left when Stan Van Gundy got fired and the contract situation, this front office has really done a, a, a pretty good job in – turning it over, getting the best that they can out of expiring contracts, Stanley Johnson and uh, Reggie Bullock last year, um, and trying to create some salary flexibility, getting Derrick Rose on a really small contract, Wayne Ellington last year. They've done pretty well with a shoestring budget. The fan base, though, has to be patient, I would say, and understand, hey, they have Blake Griffin, but they need to build around it. 
But at the same time, you want fans to be patient. Then the front office goes through a draft and doesn't get anybody that's going to help necessarily this year. So it's hard to say. Be patient, but then let us try to work something out. That's just a a weird spot that the Pistons have put themselves in. But I think they're they're in line to be a lower, maybe six, seven, eight seed. Um, But you never know how these things work. You could have injuries. You could have um, breakout years for some guys. Reggie Jackson started to play well at the end of the year. It's, it's easy to say be patient, but then it's also from a fan base who's plopping down 60, 70, 80 bucks a ticket or more, um, I can see where the frustration is coming in because now this is going on three, four years of the same type of thing, that you get Blake Griffin, but you don't get very much out of it. Yeah, and I'm looking at the draft. Uh, the Pistons were drafting dead center, 15. They take uh, Dumboye and – and if you look at the draft, though, he was really the guy that they needed to take because uh, Chuma Okiki goes after him, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Really, he was probably the best pick at 15 based on what we're seeing here. Maybe not Sear Little, but a lot of people weren't very high on him in the NBA per se. So um, while he may end up being a guy that has to, to get better, I think they actually made the right choice in getting him because he fell outside of the lottery when he was projected to be a top 10 pick. Do you think he can turn into what the Pistons want him to be quickly? Like, or do you think this is going to be more than two or three years for him? Yeah. From from what I've seen, I think it's going to take at least one just to get used to things. Um, doesn't speak English very well either. So I, I think they're going to try to get him up to speed with just how to communicate, how to, how to um, fit into the culture here. Um, and then the basketball part of it, from what I've seen, the little bit that I've seen, I think he played two summer league games. The physical attributes are there. It's just how do you fit in? It, it, he's a six-nine guy that plays like a small forward, and that was one of their big problems when they got to the playoffs last year, that there was nobody to guard Chris Middleton, nobody on that roster that was even close because they traded Reggie Bullock and they traded Stanley Johnson, who were the two guys at six seven that kind of would be in that position. So I, I think it may, may take a year, maybe two years. I don't know how quickly the offense comes along, but from the clips that I've seen, the, the workouts that I've seen, and, and the little bit that I've seen him playing, I think the skill level is there, the talent is there. It, it's just a question of how long can they pull that out of him? How long will it take to pull it out? Well, I'm looking at the projected – on this is on the athletic – projected uh, small forward position. It's looking like, according to our the guys at the athletic, Tony Snell – is going to get the nod as the starting uh, small forward. He's more of a defensive kind of guy. He reminds me a lot of a, a Nimbal Mute. He's not going to really be a primary scorer. But what do you think of Snell at the three option for the Pistons? I think I think they did well with that. Again, given that he's making, what, $12 million and you got off of John Lure's money, and, and Lure wasn't playing very much at all because of injuries, because of everything else that you turned a non-functional contract, you take on a couple of years of Snells, but you get a guy, again, who's defensively oriented, and that fits well with that starting lineup because with Griffin, with Drummond, with Jackson, you don't need another guy who's going to take a lot of the shots. Um, and, and where Snell can help you is from the three-point line. So when you've got drive and kick with those other guys and Snell's in that corner, I, I would trust him a little bit more to be able to connect from the, that corner three um, and take the shots when they come to him. He doesn't need the ball. He doesn't have to do a lot of pick and roll and drive and penetrate stuff uh, in order to create his game. He can figure it out from those corners. 
And then you just need another defensive guy that has some length to him uh, who can come in and just focus on that and not have to score 10, 12 points a game. I think that's a good pickup for them, uh, given the circumstances, again, because there wasn't a lot of options out there for them to go out and get an all-star caliber guy. And until they free up some money in the cap after this season, they're still going to be in that same spot. Another guy that was picked up in the offseason was Derrick Rose, who comes over from the Minnesota Timberwolves. He actually had a 50-point game last year on Halloween. Um, that's a, that was a very – as a Timberwolves fan, that was a special game for me. Uh, he did that the night my, my yep. son was born. Uh, so that, oh, wow. was a, uh, that was a big night for me. Um, but, yeah, Rose coming over now. He's a piston. He'll be coming off the bench, backing up Jackson. They may even play around with him a little bit at the two-guard because he can play that two-guard. He's developed a pretty good jump shot. Uh, what do you think Rose brings to this Pistons team? What do you like about him coming over? That's He's probably the one I'm most excited to take a look at. I talked to Reggie Jackson a little bit earlier this summer, and he said he that's the guy that he's anxious to play with because they can – kind of switch off and each play the one or the two and Dwayne Casey likes to have three guard rotations with two point guards so that addition is going to be really really intriguing to see how he integrates him into the offense and how those two work together I think they needed a scorer off the bench in any case and Luke Kennard kind of has that role but now you've you've got some other options there that the defense can't be geared completely toward Kennard as Milwaukee was in the latter part of that playoff series, that now there are other guys who can handle the ball and who can score and do some things. Um, so I, th- I think Rose is going to help. His experience is going to help. His drive and determination and that veteran savvy is going to help. Uh, and you just got another guy who, who defenses have to game plan for, and they didn't have a lot of that coming off the bench last year. Uh, Andre Drummond, that's another guy I kind of want to talk about. Um, He's been more of a big man who, to me, he's playing in the wrong era. Uh, He can back down. He's a big guy with with good moves. But in this day and age now, everybody wants a big man who's seven foot tall that can shoot a, you know, a 15, 20 foot jump shot. Does Drummond's style slow the Pistons down, or is that the kind of style that Detroit needs to play this coming season? I don't think he slows them down because they don't really call a lot of plays for him. I mean, it's more of running the pick-and-roll stuff with Jackson when they can. And a lot of this stuff is just off of residual putbacks or rim-running things that they, they kind of work on. And so it, you need a healthy Reggie Jackson to make Drummond better because if defenders have to – if the big man on a pick-and-roll can uh, stay back and doesn't have to respect Jackson driving by him, then Drummond isn't as effective. If he has to step up and guard Jackson, then – Drummond can get right behind him, get to the rim where he's most effective. The big thing for Drummond is shot selection and trying to figure out what's a good shot, what's a bad shot. Early in the year last season, we talked about his three-point shooting and whether Dwayne Casey would let him uh, have free reign with it. And he let him have a few of them. And then it was sort of, look, it's not working. I gave you five or ten of them. They're not falling. You know what? Let's find something different. Because every three that you take is one that Blake Griffin isn't taking or Reggie Jackson isn't taking. And with the year that Griffin had last year, if that carries over, 
you want to try to monitor what Drummond is doing and have him being the most efficient that he can be. If Blake Griffin is driving or, or doing something else, you want Drummond ready to get that offensive rebound, which is his niche, which is the best part of his game. And if he's doing all this other stuff and trying to find other pieces of his game from the, the perimeter, again, and that's the way that I think about it. Every time I see Andre Drummond taking a jumper, that's a jumper that Reggie Jackson could be taking or Blake Griffin who shoot at a much higher percentage. Unless that's something he's been working on this summer, and he's much, much better at and can show that in the preseason at least, that's not something that Dwayne Casey's going to let him shoot. You mentioned Bruce Brown, or I'm looking, excuse me, you mentioned uh, Reggie Jackson earlier. I'm looking at Bruce Brown. Uh, He's a nice piece the Pistons have. Projected, according to this, he's projected 22 minutes per game with Kennard coming off the bench, getting more minutes than him. Do you see them more... Maybe towards the end of the end of the game lineup with Kennard and Brown and going with Kennard as the okay it's close we want to go ahead and keep Kennard in and have Bruce Brown kind of as the starter but maybe not the guy getting more minutes. Yeah, I think that's what they did last year. What he started fifty-seven games last year, fifty-nine somewhere in there. But it is um, it's going to create a log jam where you just have to look at on a night-to-night basis what the situation is. If you need defenders, you could see Brown and Tony Snell. If you need scores, you could see Kennard and um, and you could see Derrick Rose with Reggie Jackson maybe going down the stretch. I think it's, it's, it's going to be a night-to-night decision that Dwayne Casey has to make depending on what the opposition size is what the, the game situation is, whether they're up five, down five, down ten, up ten, you could see a lot of different things and combinations with those guys. And I think that's what they wanted to do this year was to give him more options because you just didn't have a lot of it last year. One more question, and I'm going to throw it back uh, across the northern border to Tim. Uh, Blake Griffin last year played hurt in the playoffs. You could tell he was hurting. You could tell he was struggling. But he still went out there and he still competed and played as hard as he could and played his heart out. And a lot of people were saying, you know what, he didn't have to do that, but that made the Detroit Pistons faithful fall in love with Blake Griffin, and that's something that they loved seeing, at least when the Pistons were in the playoffs. They loved that, that kind of honored Blake Griffin. Um, Did you see that as maybe the moment that Detroit accepted Blake? Uh I think as a whole, I think they did already because they had been craving a superstar, and almost by default, Andre Drummond was that. So when Griffin got here, that first night that he played, I mean, that was an electric night. But the first night in the playoffs, too, was another one because they understood what he was going through and that the injuries with that knee and that he wasn't at 100%, but he still gutted his way through it. Um, But it just showed what he can do and what a superstar does and when they they show those traits. And so as much as they want to pick on Andre Drummond or pick on Reggie Jackson for their foibles, it's more of what you realize that this is Blake Griffin's team. They're going to live and die, and and they're only going to go as far as he can take them when he's healthy. So I think what you'll see out of Griffin this year is maybe a few – some fewer games. He might be in the low 70s. I think it was – 75, 77 games he played last year, maybe they try to keep them somewhere in the 70 range and, and have some some nights that are designated um, just uh, just resting him and making sure that he doesn't play a lot of minutes. And um, that was the other thing with, with getting Markeith Morris is they want another guy who can play in the post and bang a little bit and not have that wear and tear be on Blake Griffin. 
So I, I think you'll see a, a lot fewer games from him, and, and by a lot fewer. I mean somewhere in the, the higher 60s, lower 70s, um, but really trying to make sure that he's healthy and strong when the playoffs come around this year, assuming that they're in them. Go ahead, Tim. I've got another question for Rob. Right, um, let's talk about Coach Casey for a moment. Um, I'm on the record as saying the Raptors kind of blew that, although it worked out for them magnificently. Um, what are your uh, views of him and what he did with the team last year and what he brings and what he'll have to do going forward with the group he's got? I mean, it's tough, and, and just like – you saw in Toronto a first-year coach trying to implement a different style and a different culture is going to take a while. And I think Casey brings that accountability to guys that he, he wants to win, and he's not going to mince words with you. And he knows that he's he's been known as a player's coach, and so he, he ingratiates himself. And I think one of the, the first goodwill things that he did was to say, hey, Drummond, we're going to let you shoot threes if that's what you want to do. But, again, here's I'm holding you accountable that you've got to make a certain number of them. I'll give you that. But if you make them, we'll go ahead with it. If you're missing them, then we got to go back to the way I want to do it. That's not something that Stan Van Gundy would have done, and that's not something that a lot of coaches do is to give players that leeway and that ear to listen and to say, we'll try it your way, but if it doesn't work, we're coming back to my way. Is that good? And so – it's kind of an, an old school approach to it too with being a player's coach, but it's a new school approach of saying, um, I'll listen to you. I'll take your, your feelings into account. I'm not, it's not my way or the highway necessarily, but there's got to be some production out of that too. And so I think he's garnered the respect of a lot of most of the players in the locker room, pretty much all of the players in the locker room with his style and the way that he communicates with them and the type of culture that he's creating for them. I think he's a good fit here. But, again, it's, good. it's about production. It's about getting to the playoffs and getting past that first round. And that's what got him out of Toronto was not being able to win the big one for them. And with the contract that he's got here, the expectations are going to be sort of the same, is you've got to bring something. You're one, you make it to the playoffs, good. Now what's, going to, what's the advancement and the um, next step after that in year two? Basically a case of what have you done for me lately? Yeah, I, th- I think you buy yourself with a new coach. You get your, you get two years to kind of figure it out, but then after that, the expectations start to ramp up a little bit, and then it is. What have you done for me lately? Fair I've got a question. I've got a question here about Blake Griffin. Um, you know, he's starting to get older. He's not old by any stretch, but he's getting older, and he's had some some injuries in his career. Are we going to see maybe more of those load management games this year, where maybe he doesn't play as much? Or is he so valuable to this Pistons team and you don't know if they're deep enough, even with the addition of Markeith Morris? Um, does Blake play most of the games of this season or does he get more of the minute cutback load management type situations? Yeah, I think there's going to be some of that and it's going to go um, with how much he can handle. And I think the same will be for Derrick Rose. I don't think they trot him out there every game. And, and what you'll look at is maybe back-to-backs. Maybe he doesn't play both halves of that depending on the opponent, depending whether they're at home or on the road, um, those types of things. But I think they're going to look at that for a lot of their guys is, is just to make sure, and especially those older guys, um, almost certainly not drumming, maybe Jackson to some degree, but Jackson played all 82 games last year. So he, he looked uh, good and had a nice bounce back year, especially in the second half. But I think they're going to look at that where it wasn't a concern 
they only set Griffin two of the games um, because of load management, and now it's going to turn into maybe ten that end up being um, in that same type of vein because they have to make sure that his body doesn't break down uh, ahead of the playoffs. That was the, the biggest disappointment, not that his body broke down, but the timing of it right toward the end of the year. Yeah, and I'm looking here, and I want to bring this to you, these last couple of questions here, and then we'll go ahead and let you go. And we appreciate all the time you've given us this week, Rob. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, Over, under has been released. I do this with almost every guest as we're going around the NBA. Over, under for the Pistons, 34-and-a-half was the opening, according to the Action Network. Um, What do you think? Over, under, and and where do you think the Pistons end up? Are they in the playoffs? Are they out of the playoffs? What seed do they end up with, if in? I think they're in, and they're somewhere around a seven or an eight, six, seven, or an eight. Um, I mean, barring injuries or barring anything else, all things being equal, I I can see them as a a seven or an eight seed. And even looking at what they did last year, with 41 wins, the 34-and-a-half seems to be a very easy over to take. Um, But, again, you're betting on – Reggie Jackson having another healthy season, Blake Griffin having being able to play 75 games and have that same type of um, consistency that he had. And his, it, are they going to trade Drummond with, with his contract situation? Are they going to trade Jackson before the deadline? There are a lot of big questions like that that have to be answered. And certainly Vegas knows a little bit more than the rest of us. Otherwise, they wouldn't be Vegas. But 34-and-a-half does seem very, very low that um, – that's the number that they would establish. So again, especially coming off of a 41-win season, what you do look at is the East got a little bit better with the teams that are in that same area, the um, Brooklyn's of the world, got a little bit better. Indiana, they're going to get Victor Oladipo back. All of those t- same teams that were in the 6, 7, 8 range last year are going to be about the same and maybe a little bit better. So it's going to be harder for the Pistons to get back to 41 wins, but down to 34 and below I think is going to be really, really tough. All right. Tim, do you have any more questions for Rod, or do we let him off the hook now? Let's, let's let him off the hook. I got lots, but that's that's a good spot to stop, or else we're going to be going backwards here. Absolutely. Uh, Rod, we appreciate your time here joining us on Wide Men Can't Jump. It's always good to talk Pistons with you, and it's always good to hear from you. Uh, let our listeners know where they can keep up with you, follow you, and find your work, and uh, all that good stuff. Go ahead and get those plugs in there. Sure. On Twitter, it's at DET News Rod Beard. Uh, that's the best place that's the catch-all for everything else. And then DetroitNews.com slash Pistons is the main uh, newspaper website where everything is. All right. Well, everybody go follow Rob. Show us love some work. He's a great sports writer, and uh, he does a wonderful job. So show him some love. He's a wide man guy. He's always on here when we ask him. So, Rod, again, thank you so much, and we hope to have you back real soon as the season nears. We're not far off from NBA action. We're about a month away just felt like it just ended yesterday, but here it comes right around the corner. So, Rod, thanks again for joining right on with us. Anytime, anytime. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Keep up the good work, man. Appreciate it. And that was Rod Beard making a return here to Wide Men Can't Jump, breaking down the Detroit Pistons. And filling us in on everything going on way up there as the Pistons look to make another run at the playoffs this year. Man, what a show it's been. 
We appreciate everybody that's come on board. I, I do want to take a second here. Um, you know, we always bring up Ed Bogus. Uh, we bring up Nick Hoff, Armando Martinez, a lot of those guys. And the reason why we do, if you're a listener of the show, these are the guys that, that, that comment and tell us what they think of the show. These are the guys that are always let us know what they think. I mean, all you have to do is get in touch with the show and tell us, you know, here's what I like, here's what I don't like. We love it. I mean, we love to hear back from our listeners. We really yeah, do. You, uh, and if you really, like, want to hear your name on the show, that's a really, really good way to get on the air. Because I'll use your name if you pop up. Oh, yeah. He will. I've seen him do it. Um, I'll tell you this. We have our Patreon page. And, uh, you know, Patreon, I know that's a, it's a crazy thing to ask people. It's, it's two bucks. Um, and you know what? The price may come down just to, soon. I don't know. We may give a, a, a time to check it out for a little bit cheaper. But for now, $2 is all we ask per month. And we put up all kinds of interviews. We just released our interview with Necro Butcher. And uh, here's Ed Bogus talking about being a patron to the show. Uh, and you can trust this guy. Honestly, you can trust him for what he says. Uh, here's Ed Bogus. He says, late to the party on these, but Necro was amazing. The Necro Butcher interview. whole thing had me super interested. The old school satellite stories, IWA Mid-South, Nichols Bar in South Philly, ROH tape trading, on and on. Give him the mic and let him go. Really smart, too. Also, uh, the Wolfie D podcast sold me on Patreon, and it surely delivered. Need more Jamie Dundee stories. Can't hear enough. So I'm at Philly, uh, a Philly show years back. Super approachable, but not sure what he was on that day. He was bouncing off the wall. So, Ed, really appreciate you uh, jumping on and really appreciate you getting involved with the show. You're awesome, and I can't thank you enough for being a patron. I mean, you cannot not trust a man who's a public American public school teacher who doesn't own a gun. <laughs> but in full disclosure, he probably does own a gun. So like, don't approach him. I mean, if you live in West Virginia, you kind of have yeah, to. I, I'm going to assume he probably does, but he would use it judiciously and wisely. Of course. But I mean that's our Patreon page. If you're a wrestling fan, check it out. We've I've recorded. Yeah, don't, don't don't be afraid to speak up, people. We're not one of those shows that like we don't care. Like man, you you want to hit us with some negativity? We will gladly read your negativity. We'll probably read it on the air. More than likely. Yeah, I mean, we, we, but don't of course constructive. Of course, don't be like well, yeah, hey, but, just, but don't be, don't be uh, yeah, yeah, don't be afraid to say you know hey I didn't like that part or don't do that or. Less of that or more of that or whatever. I mean, we may not do it, but we will take it into consideration. Because, I mean, admittedly, this, some of the stuff that happens on this show is, you know, it's for us, too. We yeah. don't do, you know, we get it, you know, sometimes there's probably some stuff that people at home are going, what in the, I have no <laughs> idea what these guys are talking about. Probably. But we probably. do. So, you know, yeah. So, you <laughs> know, I mean, like the the you know the coat of many colors thing is kind of an inside joke that uh, perhaps for the hundredth episode uh, may see the light of day as to why that uh, you know sets yeah. us both I'm, off into the giggles. Like school going to be going to be interesting. I can't wait for that. Going to see we'll a lot. Probably, we'll probably have to do a hundred uh, episode like a normal episode. And then we're probably going to have to do a, like a behind-the-scenes kind of a 100th episode. We'll see. We'll see. It depends on what basketball news is going on that week. We'll, yeah, we'll talk. I mean, it's, 
because we both bridge, know we that the, the three of us could talk for six hours and say yeah, nothing. So, um, but we appreciate you guys listening in this week. We're really excited for what we've got coming around the corner. Uh, we're on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and more. Go to iTunes, leave us a five-star rating. We really appreciate you guys uh, who have checked us out on iTunes and and, pre- and appreciate everybody for tuning in. Check out WhiteManCan'tJump.com. Check out Patreon.com slash WhiteManCan'tJump. NewLawOffice.com. Check them out. StripCamFun.com. Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Facebook.com slash Atomic Comics Collectibles, LLC. And, of course, our good friends at Stay Classy Meats. Promo code WIDEMAN. Save 10% on your order. Tim, anything else before we have to bail out? No, I'm good. All right. Well, it's Nate and Tim. Thanks for listening. Tim, send us home. It was a long, dark, lonely night at stripcam.com. Oh, God. When Tom Robinson came with the Jane Fonda talker. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I don't know. You said this damn show. You said, you said, team with a Jane Fonda <laughs> You caught that. I ain't even got to say it. That's just something they know. Thanks for listening to the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com and at widemencantjump.com. Be sure to check out our blogs over at widemencantjump.com and also be sure to check out all the other shows that we put out. You can find us on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast, also at WideBeanCanShum.com. Visit our store and buy some new t-shirts. They're available now in all sizes. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New at NewLawOffice.com and by Cambay.com. Be sure to visit Cambay.com and use promo code WIDEBEAN to get 20 free credits on your purchase. Thanks for listening again, and we'll see you next time for the next episode on the Wide Men Radio Network. All right, all right, all right. We said we were leaving. We lied. We got an Easter egg. Joining us is Ed Bogus, the one and only. The Cincinnati Cole, ladies and gentlemen. The Cincinnati Cole, the pickle pig. Doing Doing good, man. Did not expect you. I saw that number there, and I'm like, who the hell is this? And then I click over to hear it, it's Ed Boggs. Hey, it's rare that uh, I get to even listen to a little bit live, but I figure I'm going to call this number and see what happens at the end. I knew you guys were closing in on it, but uh what I listened to, awesome as always. I saw you read my comment on the Necro interview. How was Atlanta, Ed? <laughs> maybe I'm always too busy eating to call in later, so maybe that's what it is. <laughs> so so Ed Ed you're you're a Patreon you're a Patreon subscriber. Uh seriously, you enjoyed the the interviews over there on the Patreon page, correct? Oh, I, I would tell you otherwise, but yeah, I'm blown away the early ones I listened to already and I got a lot to catch up on. Well drop uh, a dr- drop a little bomb on them and tell them who's next. Uh well Headbanger Thrasher will be up soon and uh one Henry O. Godwin. Uh, we just recorded oh, that one last. Year. Oh yeah, yeah, good dudes. Uh, hopefully, more coming in the future. So, uh, and we're gonna try and cover a little bit of everything. I got some. I got a couple irons in the fire. We'll figure some stuff out. Unfortunately, uh, the the Thrasher and Godwin interviews not as long as the other ones, but still, 
uh, for a short coverage, still pretty uh, interesting stuff. So we're looking forward to that. Well, and, and, random question and Tim, and Tim. On, uh, Godwin. Is he still in West Virginia or is that the other one? Uh, yeah, Henry's still here. He's in Princeton, uh, still living down there. He's he's a great guy. Tim, go ahead and tell him what you were going to say about the uh, fantasy football game. Oh uh, yeah, and uh, I expect <laughs> I, I don't I don't know if you uh, you knew this, uh, but it's a Canadian law that when you lose a fantasy football game to me, you have to change your character icon to uh, Becky Lynch. Oh okay, I, I figured I had some kind of punishment coming my way. So oh no no sir, <laughs> and, and too just just to throw a little just to throw a little shade at you, you're playing my better half this uh, this this week, so you may lose again. Uh, possibly with how my week one went all across my leagues, I had a terrible opening week. So hopefully, we yeah, I, I, yeah, I read, I read that you, your luck was atrocious this week. Oh, rough. Oh, these things happen to the Shinston sinkholes. Yes, they do, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, or bottomless bogus, as he's known to his friends. The and now we have the Ed Bogus Easter egg. So if anybody's interested, and you live <laughs> in you, after, you did you hear playing. tonight? Uh, did you hear your your segment tonight, Ed? Or did you miss it? No, as soon as I turned in, it was probably right at the very beginning of the Rod Beard interview. From that point on, I heard mostly. Okay, so you you missed your triumphant uh, oh, return yeah. to Atlanta. You missed your triumphant return to Atlanta. You'll have to uh, yeah, see what happens. Yeah, I'll do that late tonight. I'll do that. I'll definitely do that tomorrow before lunchtime. Definitely, I'd say. I'll have to see because uh, next week, uh, you probably might as well tell you now, so you can make travel arrangements. You'll be in Boston next week. <laughs> Oh, right up my alley. Here we go. Yeah. Bean Town Bogus, ladies and gentlemen. He makes the trip. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Ed, we'll let you go ahead. You probably got your fourth or fifth dinner to get to. So, uh, we'll. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, quick trip to the seats. <laughs> Ed, I love you. You're awesome. But uh, we'll let you go. Yeah, I appreciate a couple minutes. Uh, the show's been awesome. Now, Have a good time. Now I know your number, so if you call again, I can uh, we'll get you on the air this time live. So appreciate you calling in, man, and we'll holler at you. Hey, all right. Talk to you guys soon. Take it easy. Have a good one, man.